One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, you know how John Cooper says you can't make too much of game one in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? How about game two? <laughs> Can you make much about game two? Because they pretty much just completely flipped it on its ear. Uh, the Lightning came out quickly, got a 3-0 lead in game one, wound up winning going away. And then I don't know if it could have started worse, Steve, for the Lightning. What, like 40 seconds into the game, you, you have a penalty and a power play, uh, and their first shot is in the back of the net. And, boy, they rolled from there. 7-2 to loss to the Leafs. The good news is they come home tied 1-1, which was the objective, right, is to try to get at least one of the first two games on the road. You've got home ice now if you can get it done at home. Um, The bad news is uh, they need to get some players back. I I think it was pretty glaring, and and Eduardo Encino wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times. When you're missing Victor Hedman especially and Eric Chernak on the same game, you're going to feel that. And I don't know that just their absence alone – was really the reason for this. I mean, obviously Toronto had to win, right? They, they, this series was not going to work out for them. If they lost, they'd have to win four out of five, at least three of those in Tampa. Um, so they were the desperate team. And I think John Cooper, you mentioned before he came on, said, you know, or they just didn't match their energy. I mean, you know, Toronto came out like they had to win, and mm-hmm. they played that way. And I don't think the Lightning ever really got into the game. It's it's funny how the game mirrored game one. Just flipped mm-hmm. the jerseys. Mm-hmm. It was a quick start by Tampa Bay. 78 seconds in, Tampa Bay scores that first goal. This time, the Maple Leafs get a power play score 47 seconds into the game. Right. They get a second one fairly soon after that, much like the Lightning, before the first television timeout had a 2-0 lead. Then they get a late goal to go up 3-0 at the end of the, the period. Mm-hmm. It was the exact same thing that happened in the Lightning the game one. Then in the second period, the Lightning did push a little bit, and they get a goal, and you're thinking, okay. Yeah. You know, Ian, Ian Cole, beautiful move, by the way. Oh, my gosh. That was gorgeous. And they get a goal, and, and, and even Dave Mishkin's call, they're back in this game, baby. Well, not for long. <laughs> uh, then the Maple Leafs pour on three goals to end the, the period, so it's 6-1 to one at the end of two. Game yeah. one, it was six to two at the end of two, mm-hmm. and then you know you late goal. You know each team gets a goal in the in the final period. It, it's a, it's amazing how it mirrored it, and and not only in the score, which was a one goal difference, but but in the way the game was played. You know, Tampa Bay game two defensively just was nowhere to be found. There was they were not right. they were not boxing out in front of Vasilevsky. They were not covering guys. They were they were looked lost defensively, and some of that can be Headman and, and Chernak being gone. Of course, I mean Zach Bogosian and Hayden mm-hmm. Flurry come in and hadn't played. You know, didn't play game one, right? But I, a lot of it was the urgency and the compete level, and it it looked a lot like what Toronto did in game one. You know, if you if you go back and watch that game at the blue line, Toronto's backing in. I mean, they're given fifteen feet inside the blue line before they even challenge somebody. And yeah. in front of their net, they boxed out nobody. I mean, you know, Samsonov's given up rebounds that normally would be tough for, for Tampa Bay to put in or get shots on, except they're wide open. 
So it becomes easy. And, and you know, what's he supposed to do in that regard? Um, right. Vasilevsky was hung out to dry a lot. And in the second period, he made some fantastic saves. Oh, I listen. I think I think they could have given up fourteen goals. Mm-hmm. He he made some some point blank, uh, you know, ridiculous. He 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 robbed a, a number of, of of players from scoring. Mm-hmm. So you always look at, at at what he's able to do. And you know, uh, John Cooper said after the game because you know there's always this point where you go, why is he still in there? Why is he still in there? But Cooper said, you know, Vassy's not coming out. Like he does, and we don't know if he really asked him to or not but but apparently Vasilevsky is like I'm finishing the game that's just who he is mm-hmm. yeah I mean he said so. you know they, he was asked did you consider pulling Vasilevsky he was, oh, I did for a minute until the goalie shut it down <laughs> you know and Vasilevsky <laughs> Vasilevsky Vasi doesn't come I mean that's one of the things you know and he even said you got to tip your hat to the kid yeah you know yeah. he wants to be out there with his guys I'm gonna fight if we're going down yeah you know his mindset is I'll stop the next one and I'll be better mm-hmm. at stopping it than whoever's behind me. That's true. And, and you know, he's yeah. going to be out there with his guys. That's the way he's always been. And, yeah. you know, you rarely see John Cooper pull a Vasilevsky. I think he's been pulled in one playoff game. It was a 2018 uh, Eastern Conference final game one against Washington. That's the only yeah. playoff game he's been pulled in. But mm-hmm. Brayden Co- we had Brayden Coburn on the radio um, broadcast tonight. Well, I and, saw and before that. The yeah. game, before the game, mm-hmm. he brought up an interesting point. And it proved to be the problem that Tampa Bay had tonight. But he said, "Look, you know Toronto's going to come out and push. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're not going to play the way they did in Game One. They're going to come out and it's going to they're going to be on fire. They're going to push. And you're Perhaps. without Hedman and you're without Eric Chernak. In the defensive yep. end, you've got to just get the puck out." Mm-hmm. He said, "Forget about, forget about." And Brian Engblom also echoed these comments. Forget about possession which is what Tampa mm-hmm. Bay likes to do in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm. He says, get it out and figure it out from there. Well, what were they doing all night? Messing around with the puck behind their net. And Sergachev was pretty bad at this at times. And trying to keep possession and then turning it over. Yeah. You know, you were on the road. You knew you had a team coming out. You need to, at that point, you needed to simplify the game and just get the puck out. And, and, yeah. and they didn't do that very well, and it, they paid for it. Uh, they were stuck in their end for long periods of time, um, just you know, not yeah, they, able not able to simply clear the zone and reset. Right. That was the main thing. They were very much on their heels that way, and and I I you know, Sergeyev was going to log more minutes, but there are times where he you know mm-hmm. turns it over way too often. And it's like he's looking for the perfect pass. And like your point is, he holds it, holds it, holds it. And then by the time he does try to, to get it up the ice, um, they, they're going to, you know, they, they take it away or take it off somebody's stick. But it was way too much zone time for Toronto. They were just all over him for, I mean, minutes at a time, you know, and couldn't get guys off, couldn't, couldn't get a line change. I mean, it was just, it was all from the beginning, from the get-go, it was all Toronto. And, they needed it. They had to win this game, you know. Now, as far as, of course, John Traveris gets the hat trick, by the way, my friend Jay Retcher was saying, he's a good sport about this, but he was saying on DAE, like, I don't think Traveris is a very good captain. He hasn't done anything. He's kind of comparing him to Stamkos. And he went out there and got a hat trick. So never single out a guy on the other team. But, um, uh, you know, a year ago, 
I get. Well, this was first of all the seven goals is the most that Vasi has yielded um, since Game Two of Colorado last year in the in the Stanley Cup Final. That was the game they but, were absolutely gassed from the altitude oh, of being out there for. Yes, a yes, all of that. You know what he did, and he won, and he stayed in that game. Uh, the next the next game, he had his best game of the series. He stopped thirty seven to thirty nine shots, mm-hmm. and they won at home. So it doesn't really phase Vassy. If anything, it just galvanizes his resolve a little bit and those around him. Um, there was some, I mean, I don't know if this is a good thing. I mean, Tanner Janot played, and he lit another guy Ooh. up, man. Oh a, a, guy, guy a guy play? we know well who's, who's pretty yeah, dang tough Luke himself, Shen. Luke Shen. Yeah, two, two Goliaths going at it. And, uh, man, it must be the shield or something. But did you see his right hand was just just cut up either on Luke's face or the shield? Did you see Luke's forehead? Yeah. Oh, he was a bloody mess. (laughs) Yeah, they they were uh, scooping some frosty uh, red snow off the ice um, after that fight. But my goodness, the physicality this guy brings and and the fighting ability. It got got chippy at the end, and that happens when you're losing by a bunch and um, a bunch of guys got run there at the end. But, uh, you know, so... It was good. It was good that he was back at least. He was he was mostly on the fourth line um, with Pierre Edouard um, Belmar and, and Corey Perry. But um, yeah, that that fight was was impressive. And then they had stuff going on in the penalty box. Yeah, some of the weird. fans were getting a little into it. I, you know, emotions are raw at that point. I, not a hundred percent sure what happened, but. I think the it's security like Perry threw a couple was, people was out. Holding his, he's holding his hand to his ear, and he was exchanging words with people. And well, they were they were serenading in. Corey Perry. They do not like him. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't like him at all. No, no. Uh, I guess uh, you know if you're the Lightning and you've been in these playoffs and to the Stanley Cup three years in a row, you can remember plenty of games like this and you know how to kind of you know wash rinse repeat repeat right like you Mm -hmm. you let this one go and i think that was kind of cooper's thing is like we know what we did wrong Mm -hmm. we're going home we're one and one it's really mission accomplished doesn't mean you feel good about how you just played and i think you give toronto a lot of confidence you know that that they had a must-win game they came out they took it and they got to find a way to to have that same intensity when they come to Tampa. But the Lightning have been a, a really good home team this year. I don't know how this series is going to go. I think it's going to be six or seven games. I think these two teams are really, really good. Um, I'm still not sold on Toronto's goaltending. And I know Vassie's the one that gave up seven goals. But um, we'll see going forward, like, you know, what they can do there. Samsonov gives but up a lot of rebounds. He does. and And I think if they would continue to put pucks on the net they just didn't have any zone time any shots Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes too i still think that they're trying to make too many passes instead of the first game it felt like they played simple you know they got got, got those dirty goals those rebound goals through a lot of the pucks on the net I, i didn't feel like they were doing that early in that game but you know um they've gotta they've gotta they've gotta bury this one you know they've they've gotta let this one go and you know, see if they can't come out in in a packed house in Amelie Arena. It's going to be nuts. There'll be as many people outside as inside. It's such a great atmosphere. 
Um, and they got to make Toronto feel really uncomfortable. Well, they, they've got to stop giving up penalties. I mean, that first period, they scored three oh, goals. The first one was the a power play, and the last yeah. one was a delayed penalty, so it was a six-on-five, essentially a power play at that point. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They couldn't touch yeah. the puck, and then they then they got the power play mm-hmm. after that. You know, yeah, because it ended up being a four-minute penalty. It was a high stick exactly. that drew blood. But, but exactly. you know, basically two of those three goals in the first period were power play goals for Toronto. And if, that's if how you they don't scored put the them last on the game. power play. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. one nothing game at the at the intermission. That's yeah, you're totally still in different it. than the three. Yeah, you're game. absolutely. And that, and I think for both teams, they have to find a way to stay out of the box because both mm-hmm. teams' power plays are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Although Tampa Bay couldn't convert help. tonight. I mean, they, you know, no, that's they had true. they had some decent zone time, not enough shots on mm-hmm. net in the power play. Yeah. Yeah, they had some they had some good looks. Boy, they're overplaying Stamkos too, man. They are not gonna allow that one timer to get through there. Mm-hmm. You know, he made a couple good fakes, but they, they couldn't get anything really going. And you know, I mean, I I don't know that this lightning team is as good as the previous three years. That that will remain to be seen. Certainly they've got key injuries now. They have to get some guys back, especially at Victor Hedman, um and, and Turnek too for that matter. It, it's serious. This this is a better Toronto team, I think, than what they played last year. I think they've made some additions that have really helped this team. I don't know what their goaltending is like ultimately, um, but this to me, you know, it, 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 it's it's going to be a, a long series if the if the Lightning are going to win it. I I, mm-hmm. I think Toronto will probably win at least one other game, maybe two. Who knows? But they're going to go back and forth in this series. It just I, seems too close to me. Yeah, I thought Sheldon Keefe made some a key adjustment today, and, and Cooper mm-hmm. was asked about it too. But he split up yeah. John Tavares and, and Ryan O'Reilly. That worked. Um, so that gave them three top-notch centers and face-off guys mm-hmm. in Matthews, mm-hmm. Tavares, and O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was a really smart move. It makes it harder, particularly when – you're the home team. The other team's on the road, the Lightning on the road. You don't get last, last change. change. When you're trying right. to match up Sorelli with a particular line, you mm-hmm. know, it becomes even harder when now you've got three good centers down the middle. Um, and I know, you know, Coop was asked about it, and I, I loved his answer to it. But they asked, you know, how does that change things when, you know, he switched that mm-hmm. to three centers down the middle? And his response right. was, well, how many centers do we go down the middle? I'll take Point, <laughs> Sorelli, and Paul all day, every day, basically is what he said. <laughs> Um, you know, and well, it's right. So I mean, that's, that's, and, and he didn't even mention Stamkos in there who you can play at center. Right, um, true. You know, so, you know, but I, I thought tactically it was a good move by Sheldon Keefe, particularly as the Lightning didn't have last change. And, and mm-hmm. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, as Stephen A. would say, mm-hmm. the Lightning just didn't match the urgency right from the jump. No. It, it's kind no. of, you know, it's, it was a mirror image of game one. Just switch the jerseys yeah. around. I mean, you know, you could say the exact same thing about Toronto after at game one. This lightning right. came out flying, get that early two goals, and the route mm-hmm. was on. And that's essentially yeah. what happened again this time. Just switch the teams up. Yeah, I mean, the desperation, and I I, I can't quote the stat because I can't remember it, but I, I think last year when these two teams met, this is probably more true than not in all series, but the team that scores first wins a big majority of these games. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can dictate momentum a little bit, um, you know, and even though like the last game, the, the, I guess the difference was in game one for the lightning, they were up three, nothing in the first, but then it was three, two, mm-hmm. you know, 
It was 3-2, and it was a little dicey there for a while, and then they got a power play goal, and they started to separate again. I never felt, I mean, 3-1 they got to, but I never really felt like, oh, they're back. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel mm-hmm. quite like they were there. If they got another goal before Toronto scored their fourth, then yes. Um, but but there was a time when that Toronto game in game one seemed close, and then the Lightning went back on a power play and scored, and then started to separate. So... They each had their day, man. I mean, it's it's a series. I mean, what do they say the series begins when a team wins a game on the road? Well, that happened in game one, mm-hmm. right? And yep. then this team matches it. And then we'll see if Toronto can get one in Tampa, which, you know, Lightning's well, got to hold serve. Somebody's got to hold serve. It's now a best of five series, and Tampa Bay has right. home ice. Has home ice, yeah, that, which is what you wanted. Mm-hmm. You took it away from Toronto. Yep. Now, you don't have the last game at home if it goes – no, five it goes seven. Right? You, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but three games are going to be in your home home barn. Two up back hold up serve, you win. Mm-hmm. That's it. Hold serve, you win. Yep, that's and, all you got to do. Lightning have been a very good home team this year. They certainly have. They certainly have, and it'll be it'll be a just a fantastic atmosphere. Looking forward to that. So we've got that to talk about. A little bit of Tom Brady no, news coming up here in just a second. Who? Um, yeah, remember that guy. Is he still retired, by the way? Uh, we'll find out. Days? <laughs> Has it been 40 days? I don't even know. <laughs> I should be counting, actually. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. You should have done this by now. If not, it's called May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems in the area now for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you For the long term, well, they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. That's incredible. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is the main difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly how they're going to customize and install what you need. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there on the roof installing those solar panels, those are Billy Mays guys. And you know who is doing the job. Start saving right now, today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve those appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Well, what would April be without a little Tom Brady news, huh? Right before the draft? That's what we need. He had already come back a year ago from his retirement, but still truly retired, we think. Uh, and he was at a, he was speaking at an Emerge Americas, some kind of symposium at the Miami Beach Convention Center. And, you know, Miami is where him and his ex-wife and children live. So there's no, uh, nothing unusual about that. But good on the moderator said to Tom Brady, hey, is there any chance you're coming out of retirement to play for the Finns, meaning the Miami Dolphins? Now, at this point, Brady could have shut this down, (laughs) okay? He could have said, no, I'm not. Or he could have said, you know, I'd like to. Or he could have said, we'll see, I don't know. But instead, he chose the Tom Brady path of not really answering the question, but saying, saying a lot without saying anything, right? Um, so he just kind of filibustered a little bit. He just said, look, I'm, I'm, I'll say now that I'm, I'm not affiliated with any team anymore, even though I have strong ties with a couple of teams, Patriots and Bucks, but I do have some friends on the Dolphins that I really like. So 
I wouldn't say I necessarily root for them all the time, but I root for my friends to do well, and several of them play for Miami. Well, you didn't answer the question. They kind of were like, oh, thanks, Tom. That's great. Follow up, please. Somebody follow up, Mr. Emerge, America's person. But they didn't. And we've talked about this, but it's really interesting. that What I've learned about Tom Brady in the three years he was here um, is he always has a plan, okay? He's planned out more than you realize. Like he's, it's chestnut checkers, as they say. So he knows what he's doing today, tomorrow, and the next day, usually. Um, Having said that, he never also closes the door on anything. I mean, the man must live without doors because he didn't want to close any. And so, you know, similar to, you know, him getting the opportunity, like he's all about opportunity. He got the opportunity to go to Fox for $37.5 million a year, but he postponed that for a year. I was like, oh, okay, so you don't want to do broadcasting in 2023? No, and you know, Fox is going to hold my seat till 2024. And I mean, you know, and he really didn't say what he was going to do, something about transitioning and this sort of thing. I think what he's doing is keeping his options open. I really do. Um, There's just not many places and many teams that work for Tom Brady in his life right now. Tampa worked for him for a number of years, right? Now that would be Miami, which is why, you know, the fact that he lives down there, that he was asked the question. Now it's interesting because this comes at the same time that Tua Tungabaloa said he considered quitting football and decided to take some martial arts and learn how to fall and this sort of thing. But with his concussion history, who knows? Who knows how long or if he's going to hold up? And I think that's a real concern if you're the Miami Dolphins. Um, so I, I just know Tom and yes, does he have friends on the dolphins? Yeah, he does. Remember the whole tampering thing? Remember Steven Ross, the biggest Michigan booster on earth is the dolphins owner. Remember, uh, Bruce Beal, who was a minority owner of the dolphins sits on the board of TV 12, went to Michigan. That's Tommy's friend. So yeah, he's got friends in ownership. And then the whole tampering thing came down and took away draft picks for the Dolphins. So if they pick up the phone at some point and need a quarterback, and I think Miami has a really good football team, I can't imagine he wouldn't answer it, man. And, you know, I'm sure the lines of communication have been open for some time. We know they were open as far back as, you know, the the postseason, what, two years ago when they were in the wild card game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, now he's in Miami. Now he's around these folks. Why Why wouldn't he keep the lines of communication open? Because he can talk to anybody he wants to. He's not a, a member of the Bucks contractually. They didn't, they, they severed ties. Um, he, he submitted his retirement paper. So he's the ultimate free agent right now. And we'll see. A lot of people disagree with me, by the way. They're not skeptical like I am. But I, I just, I just feel like, Maybe he doesn't know if he's going to play. Maybe he isn't really planning on playing. But if that phone rings, Tom Brady's going to answer it. And Tom Brady's going to stay in shape. And, you know, maybe it turns out being half a season. Maybe December. What would he have done if the 49ers, you know, 
lost their quarterback a year ago, you know, and they went to Brock Purdy. Then Purdy got hurt. Like, stuff happens, man. And uh, I just think that Tom is keeping his options open. And that's why, even in his answer, he didn't say no. I think that's the biggest takeaway is he could have easily said, oh, no, man, I, I ain't playing again. I ain't playing for the Dolphins. I'm retired, man. Like, I'm here with my kids, and I'm enjoying life. He didn't say any of that. It was just word salad, you know. I got some ties with a couple of them. friends with the Dolphins I really like, you know. Don't root for them all the time, but I want my friends to do well. So, yeah, um, take that with a grain of salt. I'm a skeptical person <laughs> by nature. Uh, but I've also picked up a little bit on Tom and that even if he doesn't know and has maybe less than 1% intention on playing, he is not going to close that door because you just never know what opportunity is going to present him. So pretty interesting there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, finally, a little baseball. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays will begin their series at home at the Trop against the Chicago White Sox. They come back off that road trip 3-3. Three and three. They are now 16-3, and three, which is just an incredible start for the Rays. Um, some, uh, some, some, some maneuvers, I guess you would say, some pitching news going mm-hmm. on with, with the Rays. Yeah, uh, Calvin Fauché, they're moving into the starting rotation. He's uh, opened mm-hmm. uh, the other day, pitched two-plus innings, uh, hoping yep. to get maybe four out of him tonight against the White Sox they're trying to stretch him out he's his splits are very neutral between left and right handers which is why they like Mm -hmm. him as a starter he's also added a cutter to his repertoire Um, and so they're kind of hoping that he'll be kind of like Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs last year who switched from relievers to starters and did so very effectively Um, so they're kind of hoping he hasn't started since high school I believe as far as being a starting pitcher yeah that's crazy, man. Uh, or maybe it was freshman year college, something like that. But yeah, um, wow. So they got him. Huh. If, if, if he made his debut last year, but they got him in the Nelson Cruz trade from the Twins, who had drafted him yeah. originally. So, uh, but yeah, they're going to try to do that. Zach Eflin expected it back Sunday, which is good news for the Rays. So that's huge. Yeah, um, getting another starter back uh, will help. They're keeping Todd Bradley is going to stay on the staff. Who's yeah, I think just he's, been lights out. He's supposed to pitch Monday. This this starts another stretch now. Um, mm-hmm. The Rays had played what thirteen straight days. and went ten and three in that time. Uh, they're starting a stretch now. If I recall, it's ten straight games, and it's twenty three of twenty four and thirty nine of forty one. Whoo man, so that's a lot of baseball. For the next forty one days, we'll have two off days. Wow, that's a lot of baseball, man. Yep. So and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was talking to Mark Tompkins. They had a couple West Coast road trips in there too. Uh, yeah, they should have. I mean, they're going west more often now mm-hmm. because you're they, playing every team. Yeah, and it's for like two games. I think they like, and I don't know if this is the order, but they play in Arizona and San Francisco, and then they might go Seattle and someplace else. Let's see. So uh, this one's uh, they'll go to the White Sox next weekend, right? Uh, then they get Baltimore, New York, New York. They're in New York for mm-hmm. over a week. Uh, right, the Yankees and Mets. Then they go Chicago, Boston, Chicago and Cubs. I think they end this stretch with Oakland, San Diego. 
And then the next yeah. trip after that's Arizona, Seattle. So June, Arizona, Seattle. A lot of a yeah. lot of late night games in June. You got Oakland, San Diego, Arizona, and Seattle. All road mm. series in June to early July. So, well, you know, in a couple of years they might be going to Las Vegas. They could be. They could be. What yeah. a breaking news that was, huh? That kind of just wait, wait, wait. What? Well, I mean, not that you're surprised that the Oakland could not ever get a stadium, you know. Uh, for the A's, and they're drawing about 5,000 people because their ownership completely just destroyed their team. Um, but to see them actually make the move, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, you looked at Las Vegas. I always looked at Las Vegas as, yeah, I kind of think that maybe baseball wants to hold that back for an expansion one day, you know. But no, man, they're they're uh, going all in. Oh, I think baseball would have loved that for expansion, but the stadium in Oakland wasn't happening. Mm-mm, not going to happen. Mm-mm. So they're going to move to Vegas. They bought land there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say they could move. Uh, their lease runs out in Oakland, I believe, after next season, 2024. And mm-hmm. the Oakland A's minor league team plays in Vegas. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So they so, have a they have a relationship with that yeah. city. Well, they said they could play earlier than t- a new stadium at this point isn't going to be open until 2027. Right. Was, you know. Uh, but they could the they could the play in their minor league stadium before then if they needed to. Yeah. Now yeah. you're not gonna have as many uh, fans, but but it, you know well. you could do that to get out of Oakland basically. Right. You can begin your marketing and everything else. And the, the team in Oakland right now was like I said, drawing around five thousand. But um, it's you know it's so funny to me because I've, I've done this for such a long time. It just doesn't seem, but it has been probably twenty five thirty years ago where all of sports name the league right was like gambling las vegas no never put a team in las vegas never now you gotta have your third major league team in las vegas Mm -hmm. man now if you you could count the the wnba if you want to as well but what's Um, funny about that is to be honest if you would have told me 10 years ago the first league to go to vegas it would have been basketball Mm -hmm. and they're the only ones that aren't there now they're the ones that aren't there yeah yeah, just the WNBA, but not not the yeah. NBA, which mm-hmm. is funny. So, I mean, we've had look sports now is embracing gambling, embracing mm-hmm. sports betting within reason. Um, well, there's a lot of money for them to be made. A ton of it, yeah, a ton of it, and and before long. We know this, but before long, you're going to be able to place bets at the stadium. You can in some stadiums now. Now you can, yeah. yeah. If you're in the right Florida, state. Florida, it's not legal yet, so it can't happen right. here yet. But That's right. But that's when the franchise values are going to go up. I mean, mm-hmm. through the roof. And we just saw the Washington uh, Commanders are allegedly going mm-hmm. to sell for in excess of $6 billion from Daniel Snyder. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting incredible. now because the A's are basically moving to Vegas, and once that's a mm-hmm. done deal, which it essentially is, but yep. And then if the Rays finish their deal up with St. Pete by the end of the year, which is the hope that they'll have a, a deal in place to rebuild the Trop or go somewhere else, but most likely build there. Once right. those two deals are signed, how quickly Major League Baseball expands? Right. Right there, I I I think you're going to see expansion teams quickly in baseball. Two more, at least two more, to get to 32. They'll get to 32, which is a better number. Yeah, and it'll be interesting what those franchise fees will be. 
We know that what Vegas was like five hundred million for hockey. Seattle paid six hundred fifty million. Now that's the NHL. What do you think baseball's expansion? Oh my gosh, one point five billion, two billion just for the expansion (laughs) fee. Yeah, it's going to be enormous number. It really is, and that's why they'll do it. And the owners will split that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just. I mean, it, it it takes away one – I mean, look, Tampa Bay could be in this position if they can't get their stuff together, and, and it looks like they're moving in the right direction, whether it's St. Petersburg or Tampa. Um, I always did. I always looked at Las Vegas as, eh, one of those places maybe, you know, the Rays. Charlotte is like that to me. Nashville is like that. I think there's a, a number of cities. But Salt to Lake get one, City would like a baseball team. No one really talks about them. They have a group they're trying to put a – plan together is that right mm-hmm. well yeah but man vegas is just wow sports three of the four uh, major north american sports leagues mm-hmm. is pretty darn impressive out there and um it'd be a, obviously a fun place to go i wonder and i don't know the answer to this you know there was a time when in the nba would go through miami uh, those teams didn't play that well, especially if you got them after a Miami road trip so, uh, because of South Beach and different things. I wonder if, you know, wasn't the first year that the Vegas uh, Knights yeah. were in business, no one won on, at home or won in Las Vegas so, for like this ridiculous streak? The Vegas flu, they call it. There you go. <laughs> Their first year, any team uh-huh. that had an off night the night before in Vegas. Nobody. That won. was the stat. Yeah, yeah, that now, was the stat. If you yeah. played a back to back, say you were in Arizona the night before, came in late that night, didn't affect it. Day, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that didn't. It didn't hold true for that. But anybody that had at least one night off before you went to Vegas, <laughs> or before you you played, you were in Vegas for a night off, yeah. did not win the first year. I think that's mm-hmm. that hasn't been held true since. But yeah, that first year it was a novel novelty for the players and. And novelty for the teams traveling in there too, mm-hmm. and and some of the, like, the oh. players on Vegas said it was obvious there were teams out oh, there sure. you knew you knew the ones that went and partied. Yeah, you could tell on the ice just playing them, the effort, the I'm, energy, yeah. the you know everything about it. Probably the stench. Who knows? Years, yeah, <laughs> years ago, um, I was in Miami, and I want to say Philadelphia came through there to play the Heat. I can't remember the outcome, or maybe it was the night before they played because they were in town, one or the other. And I was at an area, probably somewhere around the Grove where there's clubs and stuff, and a bunch of their players were out. It was late. And I just remember thinking to myself, yeah, this has got to be a huge advantage for (laughs) the Heat, man. These guys are out here, and it's it's like 2, 3 in the morning. I remember Um, a game in Cincinnati. Bengals weren't very good. mm Mm-hmm. The Broncos were. Mm-hmm. And on a Sunday afternoon, Corey Dillon goes out and sets the the rushing record at 278 oh, wow. yards against a good Broncos defense. Oh, wow. Well, I can tell you that most of that defense was out at the bars on the waterfront at 4 a.m. Because <laughs> I saw them there. Because <laughs> you were there, yeah. You know what was similar to that? So years ago when uh, the Bucks, it was this would have been – 90, when did Tony Dungeon get here? 96, yeah, 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they weren't very good the first year. I think they, they started 0-7 or something like that, 0-8. But they started winning the second half of the year. They uh, So the Raiders came. 
And of course, they're already coming from the West Coast. Mm hmm. So they're playing the the Bucks are playing a one o'clock game. That's like at ten a.m. to them, right? So the night before, you know, Tampa being the what Dexter Manley wrote the seedy little town that it it is, uh, there was a big fight. There was like a heavyweight fight that Saturday night, and there was a they were staying kind of on the causeway, and there was a strip club that's no longer there anymore called the Tanga Lounge or something like that. Um, it burned down, I believe. Not after that day, but it did burn down. Uh, and of course, Tampa's known for its, you know, gentlemen's clubs, if you will. Uh, and apparently, the entire Raiders team went out, watched the fight, stayed at the clubs, and by 10 a.m. the next day, they were done. <laughs> like, I just remember Mike Allstott, because we would go down on the field, like, with about four minutes left when they used to let us on the field. And I mean, these guys didn't want to tackle anybody, much less the the A train. And it was so obvious that like they just had no interest in being there. They were all worn out, and uh, and and that's what had happened. Like a, a whole bunch of them had gone mm-hmm. uh, and watched a fight, and you know went to a bunch of gentlemen's clubs till four in the morning. So even Tampa can be an advantage sometimes if you can break curfew well enough. Um, anyway, so that's. Uh, yeah, I mean that's big baseball news, man. You know, after all the years of of failed stadium efforts and and whatnot, and certainly, you know, we've we've experienced that here. It's sad for the people of Oakland because I've I've spent some time in the Bay Area, and it's really cool to have. And and you're either usually when you're out there, you're either an A's fan or a Giants fan. You're not both, but it was really cool to kind of hang out there. My sister lived there for ten years, and I would. You know, if the Giants were home, you'd go there, and if they were on the road, then the A's would be home. And it's it's neat to have a city that size to have two, you know, basically the Bay Area have two two uh, major league teams, and and now they're not going to. So I, I feel for the A's fans, and you know, Oakland in general. I mean, look, they lost the Raiders to Las Vegas. Now the A's are gone. I mean, this is a uh, this is not a good thing for the you know those those. Uh, north bay people but that's what's happening so should be interesting all right well it's uh going to be a busy weekend obviously we mentioned the rays hosting the white Sox. you got the lightning on saturday night hosting toronto we'll see if they can bounce back and take this to a 2-1 series lead um so busy weekend in sports we'll talk about all of it on monday thanks for listening this week for steve versus i'm rick stroud the tampa times have a great day everybody